Welcome to Crossroads Church in Rowlett. We're so glad you're here. Join us here for our weekly sermons or visit crossroadsrowlett.org for more information. Good morning, good morning, good morning. You know, here recently I had a doctor's appointment where they had to draw some blood just to make sure everything was okay, right? So when the results came back, I had to set up an appointment to meet with my doctor and I found out that my cholesterol was a little high. But he came in the office and he had this list of ways that I could lower my cholesterol, right? But the first thing he said was kind of rude. (laughs) He said, "You, you have to stop eating so much meat. Two things, right? I don't even know if that's possible, right? <laughs> and the second thing, what in the world was in that blood sample? Pork chop pieces? I was thinking that, because he made it seem like I was snatching squirrels out of trees, catching birds mid-flight, right? I was like, man, what's going on, right? And so after he told me that, I kind of checked out, right? Because I was like, man, you know, that's kind of some stuff, you know? And so I got in my car and I was driving home, and I was thinking, man, what are some of the ways that I can lower my cholesterol? And the only thing that popped in my head was that Cheerios commercial, that you can, <laughs> you can lower your cholesterol by eating Cheerios, right? And so I was thinking, and this is when I knew I had a problem, I said, why don't they make Cheerios in bacon flavor? <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to continue in our uh, study of Luke. We're going to be in Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 45. You guys want to go ahead and turn there. It says, For there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor on the other hand is there a bad tree that produces good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bring forth what is good, and an evil man out of the uh, out of the Evil treasure brings forth what is evil, for the mouth speaks from that which fills the heart. Okay, unlike my situation, Jesus is not concerned with what goes into you, but what comes out of your mouth, because it shows the condition of your heart. You know, we are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. It's already in us, right? In in, in order to look at this, let's go back to original sin, right? God told Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see, they already knew the good. Everything God created was good. And they were surrounded. They were with God himself. God was good, right? God is good, right? The only t- the, it was the only time in creation that we could say that everything was all good. But once they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, evil enters into the world. And with knowledge comes this thing called a choice. They could either choose the good or they could choose the evil. You know, I don't think sin really affected our brains. I think sin affected the one thing that has veto power over our brains, right? Because if you think about it, we normally do things that make sense, right? We, we have a real uh, cognitive way of thinking. But um, the heart is that's the inner part of us. That's the inner being. That's where our attitudes and our values come from. You know, our hearts can tell our brains what to do. So out of a good heart comes good things, but out of a bad heart comes bad things. Let's talk about some of the good things. Um, a few um, Valentine's Day ago, they had this ad on TV when it said that you can buy a star for a person and have it named after them. All right. Now, my brain 
would tell me, you know, this is the way my brain talks to me. My brain says, hey, that's a scam. And I said, nah, bro, you ain't doing that. But then the heart, you get to thinking about Gabby. You're like, you know what? I can buy my baby a star. <laughs> right? Come on now, a whole star on the registry. You know, I could buy her a star. Y'all know how, man, imagine being married. Baby, I got you a star. <laughs> Where is it? I don't know. But it's a, <laughs> you know? So I was thinking about it, but I didn't do it because I still couldn't get past my brain. But that might have been a good example, though, right? But this one is one. This is good. Okay. Suppose that there was a building that was on fire, right? And your brain tells you it's a crazy idea to run into a building that's on fire. But if your kids were in that building, your heart would veto that decision and you would just run straight in, right? Suppose, and here's another one. This is a sign of a good heart, right? Your brain tells you it is a crazy idea to build a church in a field in Raleigh. But your heart says, build a church in a field in Rowlett and watch lives forever be changed. Amen? All right? Okay, now a heart filled with sin has the same power to move you in a direction apart from what God has planned for you. A heart filled with evil can produce a critical and judgmental attitude, doubts, and wickedness that comes out through our actions, but mainly through our words. In fact, this is why God sent the flood. In Genesis chapter 5, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was evil, was only evil all the time. You see, all of us have had these moments in our lives where uh, words have escaped our mouths that were thoughtless, impulsive, and careless. Amen. We were hurtful, hateful, mean-spirited, and they left a mark on someone else, impacted their self-esteem, their spirit, and the way that they saw themselves. Words are very powerful. I, and I know we teach our kids that sticks and stones may hurt your bones, but words will never hurt me. And I understand what they're saying. I just don't agree with what they're saying. You know what I mean? I have had one, two, three, four, four broken bones, right? And they hurt, but they heal. Words, they kind of are tattooed to the inside of you. They can't be removed, right? And, and you think about it, and, and they stay with you. They continue to hurt, and they may continue to hurt people for a lifetime. Words, they, they, they have meaning. Proverbs uh, 12, 18 says, The words of a reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. Have you ever said something so mean-spirited you didn't know where it came from? You say, wait a second, I didn't mean that. I'm really sorry. I don't know where that came from. Yet one of the hardest lessons when it comes to our words is once we put them out there, we can't take it back. It's like having a, a toothpaste tube, right, and trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube. You can't do it. It's messy. The only thing you can do is clean it up afterwards, right? You see, what we say reveals the condition of our heart every single time. Okay, my first job, I worked at Burger King, right? And this was when the Whopper was on sale for 99 cents. So the, hood, the whole hood came out, y'all. I'm talking about it was packed. The line was going out the door, right? And so although the Whopper was 99 cents, the Whopper with cheese was $1.50. Now, I don't know about your parents, but my mama said, look, you got cheese at home. 
<laughs> I ain't paying for that. Okay, so this is my first day on the job, right? I only had, only had one responsibility, right? My job was to keep the, the burgers coming, keep the sandwiches coming, right? So they put me on what they call a broiler. And so it was bread at the top, meat at the bottom, and then you had to run to the other side, catch it, make the sandwich, and put it in the warmer, right? I did that for eight hours straight. That's the only thing I did, right? Buns at the top, meat at the bottom, run, catch it, put it in the warmer, right? Eight hours straight. And I had this boss named Jerome, right? He would wear church shoes to work, right? And I'm no chef, but church shoes on an already greasy floor, that's a recipe for disaster, right? And so he would always slide to the back. Titus, we need more meat. And then he would run and slide back and do what he was doing, but he would always come. And so I had to make sure, man, I kept it coming, right? And so this is the longest day of my life. I went home, went to sleep, dreamed that I was putting buns at the top, <laughs> meat at the bottom, you know, and, and then run to the other side catching it, right? Woke up the next day, had to go to work, buns at the top, meat at the bottom, and catching it, right? But this is the thing about the job at Burger King, right? You had this thing at the end of your shift, which is called an inventory sheet. And on this inventory sheet, it had everything that the store had to sell, right? So it was broken down into two parts, what was sold and what was wasted, right? And so what was wasted would be all the items that, that, they, that, that didn't sell, um, that was prepared, uh, that fell, anything that fell on the floor that didn't sell in the 15 minutes, that was brought back, that was made wrong. So why focus on the waste? The waste tells us where we can improve. Jesus is going to tell us the same thing, right? He's going to tell us that look at your life and see what it produces. Does it produce what's good or does it produce waste? It says, for there is no good tree what produces good fruit, nor on the other hand is there a bad tree that produces, uh, uh, that a bad tree that produces good fruit. Okay, let me read that again. For there is no good tree that produces bad fruit, nor on the other hand is there a bad tree that produces good fruit. A good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. So the question is, for us, why are we not producing good fruit? Why are we not using our words to build up? And if we were created for the good works, where are the good works? The answer lies in the condition of our heart. That's why a self-inventory is so important. It, help, it helps us to see the areas in which we excel, but it also shines a light on the areas that need growth and improvement. You know, nobody knows what motivates you to do what you do but you. And nobody knows what motivates you to say what you say but you. So what motivates what comes out of you? You have to ask yourself the question, right? Is it my fear or is it the Spirit of God? You see, sometimes when it's our fear, we say things uh, that we feel that, we, that we, we feel threatened or intimidated, right? Is it my anger or is it the Spirit of God? People say things that they don't mean most when they are angry. It's an emotional surge normally from being hurt. Is it my own self-esteem or is it the Spirit of God? You know, people with low self-esteem lash out because it's a defense mechanism and they're trying to attack some, somebody before they attack them. Our words will reveal our hearts every single time and the stakes are high. 
You know, Jesus addresses speech more than anyone else in the Bible. He is, he is not just saying you might have to have like this tighter rein on your tongue. What he's saying is pull off the lid of your heart and see what's inside. Because our words spill out of our hearts. Jesus is saying those words that may have surprised you, they shouldn't have. They've been marinating in you for a while. You know, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So we really have to pay attention of what are our inputs. Like, what are we taking in with our eyes and our ears, right? Well, what, what, what's feeling, what are we filling our head with? Because it germinates uh, in our hearts, and then whatever fruit we're producing, it reveals it, good or bad. It reveals it. So, but if you get it out of your heart, it'll stay out of your mouth. Let me talk to you about this, some uh, display cases, right? You know, uh, I'm the type of person that analyzes movies, right? But I, I tend to do it when the movie is over, because I kind of go back sometimes, and I, say, I, I, rethink, I think about it, I say, man, ah, dude, you know, would I have done that? You know, could I have done this better, right? And y'all do it too. Y'all do it too. Uh, for instance, right, if Rose would have just moved over, it was enough room for Jack on that door, <laughs> right? Dude didn't have to freeze like that. <laughs> but the movie I want to talk to y'all about is one called The Greatest Showman. Anybody seen The Greatest Showman? That soundtrack off the chain, right? Right? The movie is about some people who didn't fit into society as it is, right? They don't fit in, and people, you know, they kind of make fun of them because they're different, and I mean, they, can't, they feel like they can't change who they are in order to be accepted, right? And it's this scene in the movie, right? It, it got me, right? Should have got you too. Kind of made you tear up a little bit. That one when they sing that song, this is me, you know? And so it starts off where in like this ballroom, right? And, 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 you know, people are looking at them all. Weird. And so you do whatever. When people look at you weird, you do what you do. And people, you, you start to dance, right? In, in, in a nice choreographed dance. And that's what they did. And so they moved. They took the dance outside. And outside, it was this mob. They didn't like them either, right? And so it was like, you know, this is me. This is who I am. But then I started analyzing the movie and thinking about it. And I started looking at everybody. And I said, man, does it have to be, though? Right? Does this really have to be? And so I started looking at each individual character, and I said, well, one of them can actually go back into society, just have to make a little change, but you could go back and fit right on in. And y'all know who I'm talking about, right? The bearded lady, right? Because all she had to do was just get that, that big flex five for sensitive skin, right? And all she had to do was just, you know, trim that up a little bit because she had like that Pluto beard, right? So, but I like to think, you know, the reason she didn't do that was she found her people and she found where she fit and she could be who she was, beard and all, right? <laughs> but for us as a church, right, I pray that we never fit, make people feel that they don't fit in the kingdom of God. Remember, they're not the ones on display. The church, the body of Christ, we are the ones on display for the world to see, right? So I pray that the church will put on display what's in their heart every time we meet. And I pray that our words are connected to the word Jesus, right? 
Hear me, Crossroads, because this is a big deal. People are looking for hope. And if they can't find it here, that's a problem, right? That's a problem, all right? So um, John chapter 13, verses 35 says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, right? This is what we have to offer, right? If, if by our speech our words are divisive, fearful, angry, cutting, degrading, and, ab- and, and abrasive, it should cause us to stop for a minute and ask, well, what is the condition of our heart? As Christ followers, we have to be careful with our words. It doesn't mean that our opinions aren't valid. It doesn't mean that we, are, that we don't have perspectives that we need to share. It simply means that the tone and the direction of our words need to be bringing life. They need to bring hope. You're only fooling yourself going through the motions if you don't watch your tongue. So what do we want to come out of our mouth, right? Start putting that in your heart. You see, reading our Bible is so important, right? Because it's not just about knowing the Bible for its contents. It's about giving God the opportunity to speak into your life, to change some things. We're all being discipled by something. We just have to ask the question, by what? What are we being discipled by? Are you more discipled by social media or the Word of God? News feed, and this is a problem for me, sports commentators, coffee conversations, music, entertainment, right? It's not that any of these things are bad in and of themselves, but when something comes out of your mouth and you say you don't know where it came from, It's been there the whole while because that's what you've been putting into your heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Guard your heart above all else. It is the source of life. Right? This is why we must um, set our hearts on the things of Christ because this is what produces the good fruit. This is what produces the good work. In the Hebrew culture, the heart is the metaphor for the center of all things, right? It's kind of like a wheel, right? And the heart is connected to, it's like spokes that lead out from the heart, right? And if you think about that, compare it to like a city that has a water supply. If you contaminate the water, you contaminate the city. So a contaminated heart, it's, that's a bad thing because it contaminates everything that comes out of it. Everything, including our words, mainly our words. Psalm chapter 40, Psalms 141 uh, Chapter 3 says, Lord, set up a guard on my lips. Keep watch of the door of my, set, set a guard on my mouth and keep watch on the door of my lips. When it comes to our words, uh, there are going to be moments that we need to be proactive and intentional. You know, the ones we hurt, hurt the most with our words have to do with proximity, those who are closest to us, right? You know, I have uh, two boys. They're not twins, but at times both of them look like my last nerve, (laughs) you know. So when dealing with them, I really, really have to make sure that I'm being proactive and intentional because I love them, right? And come on, y'all, y'all have kids, you know. They don't always do what's right. They don't always do what you tell them, right? And so though sometimes we can kind of say some things in the heat of the moment that we don't mean and we wish that we could take it back. 
that's, that's, that's when we got to say, you know what, step back. Be, 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 be proactive. Be intentional, right? Take time to think about it before it comes out. All right, now, look, I don't always do that, and, 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 they'll, and they'll tell you that. I'm going to tell you all something real funny. This happened recently, right? We were watching some old cartoons, and one of them was the Care Bears, right? And so we just went around the room saying which Care Bear everybody would be, right? I thought that Gabby would get the Grumpy Bear, <laughs> right? I said, you know what? Maybe, you know, she'll get the Grumpy Bear, right? No, they named her like the sweetest bear. Right? When they got to me, I was the grumpy bear. Right? And so that's, I, I got to be real intentional with my words, right? Okay, sometimes, um, sometimes uh, the things that go unsaid are the most harmful than those things that are said. Maybe the words that have hurt you the most are the words that, have, that you've longed to hear, but you never heard them. Maybe words like, I'm proud of you, is always going to... I'll always be here for you no matter what, but you never heard them. Maybe you just want to hear, I love you no matter what. You are, a you are, you are beautiful and you, you are a treasure. Maybe in a relationship, the words that are spoken are careless, hurtful, cutting, and degrading, and it hurts because they are the ones who are closest to us, and so we let them in, so we allow the words that they use. I told you, a lot of times it's proximity. Those closest to you hurt you the most, right? It hurts. So if you're in a relationship, take time, step back, and those words that come out of your mouth, right? make sure they're building that person up, right? Uh, maybe you just long to hear, I'm cheering you on, right? Well, isn't, that, isn't, that, isn't that something we all need at times, right? I'm cheering you on, right? I'm, 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 you know, the opposite is also true, right? When we are emotionally exhausted, spiritually beat down, we need someone speaking, word of, uh, speaking a word of life into us, right? We need that. We long for that, right? I'm going to tell you all something that happened last Sunday, right? Now, I just found this out about myself. Probably should have known it. But I know now, I am not a plumber, <laughs> right? I don't have any plumbing tools, right? I, I didn't go to plumbing school, right? I don't have a brother named Luigi. I am not a plumber, <laughs> right? So, right, last week, I go into my backyard because that's where I live. Gabby and the boys live in the house. I live in the backyard, right? I can't be tame, you know, just me and the dog. And so I go and look at the water faucet, and it was kind of, it, it, it was leaking. It had water coming up from it, right? So I go and shake it a little bit, and I say, you know what? I can change this, right? So I go to Home Depot, which is a place of false hope. That's what it means in the Greek, <laughs> right? That's what it means in the Greek, a place of false hope. And listen, I even had to call backup, right? I called my friend Herschel. Hey, Herschel, I need your help, right? Because um, it took us from 5 o'clock to 11 o'clock at night. Because get this, it's important to have the water cut off. But remember, <laughs> right, I mean, you have to have the water on, but you have to cut the water off too, right? <laughs> all right. But, but, okay, so I did all this stuff, right? And I have to go inside now, and I have to face Gabby Brown. Right? 
And so these, these are a few things that happened, right? There was no water, so that means there was no baths. The boys had to go to sleep smelling like the same day, right? I took away from family time from the family, but not only my family, from the guy who came to help me, Herschel Wright, because Special Agent Gabby is the family time police, right? And I took away Herschel's Sunday, all right? And, and this is another one, right? You know, I just found out I wasn't a plumber. Y'all know who knew I wasn't a plumber? She knew I wasn't a plumber. She knew I wasn't a mechanic. She knew I wasn't an electrician, an AC repairman. She knew that. You know how I know she knew? Because every time something breaks around the house, what's she say? You need to call somebody for that. <laughs> right? And so this is the thing, right? I know what's going to happen once I get in that house. I know we're going to have an argument about me trying to fix some stuff, right? So I go in and I try to give her my explanation. You know what, baby? I thought I could just change. It was just a little loose, and I was just going to go to the Home Depot and get that boom, 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 and that was it, right? And so I explained myself, right? And I'm expecting this big rebuttal back, you know, she's going to tear me down. She says this, her words, mm-hmm, it's okay. I don't know if y'all ever played Monopoly. <laughs> but that get out of jail free card is real. Man, y'all, that was it. I didn't want to say nothing else. But not, I say this, though, right? That's what her mouth said. But her eyes, that's different, you know? <laughs> but I'll take it, right? And so this is the thing, though, right? I needed Gabby's silence in her understanding, not her judgment, right? I was tired and I was exhausted and I just didn't need a verbal beat down, right? Because I was trying to do what was right and I found out some stuff about myself, so that's a good thing, right? So three simple questions you have to ask yourself or consider before you say something. Is it true? First thing, is it true? Now, make sure it's true but just because it is true doesn't mean you have to say it, right? Men, husbands, just because it is true, I watch wives too, but more men, we don't, yeah. Just because it is true doesn't mean you have to say it, right? Okay, you got to make sure that if it's true, but just because it's true, you don't have to say it, but make sure that it is helpful. Make, make sure, be, um, it might be true, but it may not be helpful. Gabby may know that I'm an idiot, but telling me I'm an idiot wouldn't be helpful, right? <laughs> right? So it might be true, but it may not be helpful, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say this. Uh, okay, I'm just going to go in. Y'all hold on. All right. Like, for instance, sometimes, you know, Gabby would ask me how something looks, Right? And I remember one time she had this thing. I think y'all call it a shawl, right? And to me, it looks like a, something off an old Western, right? But I don't have to tell her that. You know what I mean? I'm just saying because I make a lot of mistakes, and y'all need to learn from my mistakes, right? <laughs> right? And now it might be true, but it may not be helpful. And this is the last one, right? Is it kind? When all three say yes, then you go ahead and say it right? Because it's about building that person up. It's about pumping that person up, right? With our words, we just need to slow down and be more thoughtful about our words that are coming out of our mouth. You see, 
More than that, we just need to resubmit our hearts to Jesus. Paul said that we should hold every thought captive and, until that thought begins to submit to the will of Jesus. It's like a military term, right? You don't let that thought out till it submits. Because if it submits, it will come out to be something sweet. It will come out to be something uplifting instead of something judgmental and disruptive. Hold that thought in, but you filter it through the Word of God. All right? You know, there's a lot at stake, maybe more than we realize. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We bear the consequences of our words. Either we can use them to build up or we can use them to tear down. You know, perfection died for dirt. Me, you, them. Jesus died for us. Right? It's by our mouths that we accept the word of God. It's by our mouths that we, um, we tell others. God uses the church to be a part of his plan for salvation. So speak life. Speak life. As somebody who um, is still in the process, I am. I'm right here in the battle with you. Can we agree to submit to the hearts? Can we agree to submit our hearts to Jesus so he can produce the fruit that we may be proud of? The kind of fruit that can bring light in a really, really dark world and hope in the midst of a lot of fear. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you are amazing. Father, Lord, you are the author of everything, Lord. And we just pray, Father, Lord, that you take up residence in our heart. And let us see the need, Father, Lord, to not choose the evil, Father, but to choose the good. Because that's where you are, Father, Lord. You're in the good. And Lord, when we have an opportunity to lift up your name, when we have an opportunity to tell people about how good you are, Father, Lord, I pray that they can see that in us first. That we believe what we're telling, Father. That we believe, Lord, that salvation comes through you. Help us, Father, Lord, with our words, because they do show the condition of our heart. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.